The Miami Dolphins defeated the Dallas Cowboys by a final score of 22-20, to courtesy of a last-second kick by Jason Sanders, pushing their record on the season to 11-4. and And I got four words for you. How about them Dolphins? You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, my yesterday. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Tip of the cap to our everydayers because it is your team every day. We don't just say it. We live it today's episode of Locked On Dolphins, a club dub victory Monday, Christmas edition of Locked On Dolphins, no less, has been brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase, last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. I'm going to have to slow myself down because what a roller coaster ride of a game this was from. The first Dallas possession with the fumble inside the five-yard line to the Tua Tungavaloa bomb down the field to Jalen Waddle to flip the field to all of the injuries, whether it be Jalen Waddle, whether it be Raheem Mostert, the same usual suspects of, of like your star players, your, your featured players in this offense. They get dinged. Boom. They get back in the game. Boom. They get dinged again. Adversity left and right and left and right and left and right. Oh, by the way, Dallas scores 10 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to take a one-point lead. All the narratives around this football team, uh, all of the narrative, you know, the, the Monday night football primetime collapse against Tennessee, the two-minute offense situation where you couldn't put a drive together and get down the field and score, it's all relevant. All the, the Jason Sanders beyond 50 yards conversation, you got to throw it in the trash now at least for one day about as all-encompassing of a victory as you could possibly ask for, and the Dolphins don't backdoor their way into the postseason. They came in on Sunday with a clear objective. You win the football game, you're going to clinch a postseason berth. The Dolphins have clinched a postseason berth courtesy of this 22-20 victory over the Dallas Cowboys, and there's a lot to get to. And I'm sure... All of the same talking heads who had all the same concerns coming into this football game. I can hear Colin Cowherd now. Not bad for fake Gucci, by the way. Am I right, Colin? I can hear Stephen A. now. All the concerns that you had coming in, you can look to and say, well, well, you know, they didn't put the ball in the end zone. You know, is Tua Tonga-Valoa, the, the game-winning drive, they settled for the field goal. They didn't kick, kick they didn't score a touchdown. They didn't go for the kill. Okay, whatever. Keep moving the goalposts on this football team. I don't care. Whether you're a Dolphins fan who doesn't like the quarterback or whether you're a talking head who just wants to have some narrative to push, this is an answer to the narrative. And, and you know, Buffalo Bills fans will look at it and say, oh, the, fr the fraud bowl was really entertaining, but it just proved because Dolphins needed the last second field. Whatever. Okay, don't care. Dolphins are 11-4. And the way in which they did it in this football game, in spite of going one of four in the red zone, 
in spite of averaging three and a half yards per carry offensively. Guess when they were able to run the football? Down the stretch, in the final possession. And that's where, when when I think about this football game, yeah, you got to talk about Jason Sanders and the effort that he had. But it's the final drive of the game. It's the final drive of the game that stands out to me because you went 12 plays, 64 yards in three minutes and 27 seconds to milk this clock and go all the way down. Devon Chan run for six, plus the face mask. Tua, short to Cedric Wilson. Tua, short to Tyreek Hill against off coverage. Tua misses Tyreek. You get to second and 10. You say, okay, hold on to your butts. This is where this thing could unravel. We're on the fringe of field goal territory. You get a, sh- a seven-yard gain to Alec Ingold. I'll be darned, Tyreek Hill. You get a perimeter screen. How poetic is it that you go into <laughs> the two-minute warning with a third short in a four-minute offense situation, and you have to figure out what call are we going to call to convert the first down to kill Dallas's timeouts and not give them the ball back on a potentially go-ahead kick with a minute and a half left and three timeouts or two timeouts. You get a perimeter screen to Tyreek Hill. (laughs) The same call that so many people have hated. And look, some of these I hate it calls are still out there. They still exist. We get a fourth down and goal from the five, and we throw a fade to Cedric Wilson. Don't like the call. Some people might have cringed with a perimeter screen. It doesn't matter. It hit. Excellent call from Mike McDaniel. And then down the stretch, guess what? You get the first down with two a tongue of a load to Tyreek Hill on the, on the perimeter screen. Jeff Wilson goes for eight. Jeff Wilson for none. You got another third and short. This time on the 15 with a minute and 42 seconds left. Dallas has one timeout. Or Dallas has just used their last timeout. It's the difference between kicking potentially a go-ahead kick and giving Dallas back the ball with one minute left, up two points, or possessing the ball until the end of the game. And what happens? Jeff Wilson up the middle for six. The vertical run game. You know, Miami had some negative runs in this game, and I thought everything that was a negative run was when they tried to get the speed to the perimeter outside. It wasn't sexy. It wasn't spectacular. Nobody's going to write home about the high-flying Dolphins offense coming out of a 22-point performance at home against Dallas. Quite frankly, I don't care. From a raw team production standpoint, the Dolphins had 22 first downs. They were 6 of 13 on third down, so almost 50% on third down against Dallas. They had 375 yards of offense. They averaged 5.9 yards per play. Tua Tungvaloa had 7.5 yards per pass. They were sacked once. And some of that's the game script. I get it. I understand. The game script dictates that you're going to have a hard time teeing off on a pass rush if you are chasing the game. And sure enough, Miami was fortunate. They got Dallas out of that opening possession without points. But big picture-wise, looking at this offensive performance, Tyreek Gutty performance goes 9 for 99. None bigger than that catch and that third down conversion at the end of the game. This was the drive that I looked back at, at how you killed the game against the Jets the first time, how you killed the game against the Commanders, and you applied some of those same principles down the stretch in this football game. 
a four-minute offense drive like this in this environment in a big game situation against a good football team. People are going to hate on the Cowboys after this game too. And I, you know, I'll troll them with how about them Cowboys in the intro. It's a good football team. And arguably Miami should have won by much more than this. Because really, two of Dallas's scoring drives came courtesy of one explosive play. The Jalen Tolbert catch in the second half over top of Xavier Howard and the C.D. Lamb catch and run where you had a miscommunication between Deshaun Elliott and uh, Cater Kohu for a long catch and run touchdown to put Dallas up 7-3. That's neither here nor there. The Dolphins took the field with three minutes and change left, down one point, trailing for the first time since the first quarter. I guess early in the second quarter, technically. And everybody had a collective deep breath and said, okay, what do you got for me? What are you going to show? And Miami bounced back and did the things that good teams do late in the year to secure wins in the postseason. And Miami, of course, is one step closer to securing a home postseason game courtesy of this win. They lead the Bills by two games in the AFC East with two games left to play. They will have two closeout opportunities in the AFC East. First, on the road against Baltimore next weekend, and next, at home against the Bills in Week 18. We shall see. The Dolphins' magic number is one. The Dolphins could also theoretically clinch with a Bills loss against the New England Patriots next week as well. Does it make the Tennessee game sting a little bit more? Yeah, because you could have clinched now. You could be up three with two to play if you don't blow that game. But the silver lining for me is some of the hard lessons, some of the things you didn't do in that Tennessee game in a similar big, big spotlight national stage. You did tonight. And I'll take it. And I hope you will too. We're going to keep moving here. Switch gears to special teams. Jason Sanders, give a little love. That up next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. So stick with us. The weather may be cooling down, but the deals are hot over at FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets by any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Good thing about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use. They have a bevy of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Jason Sanders, sir. Wind the clocks back to 2020. This man looks like Money Sanders with a dollar sign instead of an S. Big time performance from Jason Sanders. He ends up finishing this game with five field goals along a 57, which is a career long, one extra point, 16 total points as the performance for the game. And it goes without saying Miami doesn't win this game without the performance from Jason Sanders. And how about the trust in the coaching staff to know where Jason Sanders is at and how he's striking the football? Because there would be times in games past, we're just looking at the play-by-play to make sure I have my, my accurate numbers here. 
You kick fourth and 13 from the 39, you say, okay, yeah, that's that's a long down and distance situation. Probably don't love that. You have fourth and five from the 34, and you choose to kick. Now, you spurned the opportunity to kick from the five-yard line on that incomplete pass uh, to uh, Cedric Wilson a little earlier in the game, right? Yeah, there's your downs, turnover on downs. Lost my ass. So you spurn the chance, you pin him deep. Christian Wilkins gets popped with a bogus roughing the passer more on the defense later. You get the ball back relatively short field, then you kick a long field goal on fourth and five. You come out, you get a five-play, 24-yard drive, fourth and three from the 36. You take the points to make it a two-score game. Mike McDaniel in years past has taken these opportunities and he has gone for it. Fourth and seven in the red zone. Shoot, he he went for fourth and five in the red zone earlier in the game. Now, in the red zone, a kick and a field goal is not overly impressive, the decision, but some of these long kicks that Jason Sanders made came courtesy of Mike McDaniel spurning affordable fourth and goal, fourth and down and distances that he has in the past gone for. And I think that's a, a a tip of the cap to not only Jason Sanders for making the kip, the kicks, but that's a tip of the cap to Mike McDaniel for understanding the magnitude of the game and the kind of game that you were playing. There are times where it is appropriate to go. And there are times where you want the points on the board. The Dolphins took the points. They needed every last one. Uh, I'm a little bummed out. My Friday, or my Thursday, crossover Thursday with Marcus Mosier prediction was uh, 24-23 Miami. We got close, but I didn't, I didn't hit it exactly. So my bingo card's not completely full. But uh, there was an additional exchange that I think is really underrated in how this game played out on special teams. And it wasn't just the, the time where you went forward on fourth down and you pinned Dallas deep and you got them backed up. Miami on the opening possession of the second half. They get a big pop run, surprise, surprise, up the middle from Raheem Mostert, and then they stall out. Get a perimeter run with uh, uh, to Raheem Mostert for one yard that, that kind of puts you behind the sticks, and then you're, you're off schedule. You have to punt from your own 40-yard line. Elijah Campbell downs the ball at the two. Massive play. Kind of a weird punt from Jake Bailey. I'm not going to sit here and blow him roses for for the the kick itself. It's not like he coughing corner punted it right at the one-yard line. But nevertheless, it got a fortuitous bounce, a high bounce. Kind of a traffic jam of Dallas Cowboys down there. Campbell runs through it, is able to quickly look up and identify the football. And down the ball at the two-yard line, Dallas proceeds to go three plays, one yard, punts the ball back to Miami. They proceed to then go five for 24 and kick that 54-yard field goal to make it a two-score game. Shout out to Elijah Campbell for that play. Shout out to the tackling, whether it was the squib kick uh, or the punt opportunity, the punt return opportunities. I thought you had excellent horizontal flow on the kick coverage from the, the Miami Dolphins in this game. And... Yes, everybody send a, a Christmas card to Jason Sanders and to Jake Bailey and to um, Blake Ferguson for their efforts on the mechanics of all these kicks. 
Miami goes six for six in the kicking game and needs every last point to beat the Cowboys, punch their ticket to the postseason, and move their record to 11 and four on the brink of an AFC East championship, which would be, be their first, of course, since 2008. I thought the defensive effort was good. I thought there was some disappointing bounces of the ball, but I, I think by and large, the pass rush for Miami stood out as the biggest win. We're going to talk a little bit more about what Miami did from a defensive standpoint up next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. So I'm personally from the Mid-Atlantic, and I'm going to have a chance to get up to the Baltimore game next weekend, and I, for sure, I'm going to get my tickets courtesy of game time. It's going to be a big game environment, potentially first place in the AFC conference on the line in that game. Uh, but game time has me covered because they're fully committed to finding me all of the ways and you to save money on tickets. Uh, it's the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase because you could see the view from your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect. All in prices show you your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal with no hidden fees. When you put the tickets in your shopping cart, it will have the full price available to you, and you can buy tickets in seconds with just a few taps on your phone. Take the stress and the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. That's create an account, redeem code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off. Terms do apply. Game download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Miami's defensive pass rush effort. I think the thing that I admired about their effort on this side of things was they sacked Dak, Pre Dak Prescott four times, which I believe sets a franchise record for sacks in a season. I think they're up at 52 now, if my memory serves me correctly. An impressive number with two games left to play. They may make a run at 60, which is a healthy number of sacks. And the ways in which it came, it came from strain, it came from effort. Was there some missed assignments? Yes. Did the Tyron Smith absence impact Miami's ability to heat up Dak Prescott at times? Yes, because uh, Chuma Doga, another home run selection for Jets GM Joe Douglas, uh, busted on more than one protection assignment to squeeze down and get free runs off the edge. But nevertheless, uh, Miami and their effort in the pass rush. Andrew Van Ginkle, sack and a half. He's got a lot of pressure inside spin move off the right-hand side. Dolphins kind of hit, hit you with a, some, some simulated pressure, some fire zones. They get free runs. Duke Riley up in his lap on more than one occasion, just narrowly missing, uh, including on that spectacular touchdown drive that Dallas had at the end of the game where Dak Prescott spins out of pressure uh, and is getting hit and is, mabel, is able to complete the pass. Uh, so you give credit where credit's due in regards to Dak Prescott and his evasiveness. Uh, in this football game as well. But um, I, I thought the pass rush effort, Van Ginkle, four QB hits, Bradley Chubb, three QB hits. Uh, Wilkins had a quarterback hit. Zach Sealer had a sack, two QB hits. Um, really strong effort from the front. And you needed it because you were once again without Javon Holland. And I think some of those absences, I think that absence continues to hurt this unit. I'm really excited to see if we can get Javon back and fully healthy for the stretch run, be it against Baltimore, be it against Buffalo, be it in the postseason. We know we're going to play a postseason game. 
Second consecutive year, we can say that. 11 wins, you get a couple cracks at 12. Potentially 13, 12 gets you an AFC East tight. Like, it's exciting times to be a Dolphins fan. Now, that was not an unstressful experience. And, uh, you know, there, there was one stage in the game where I'm, I'm reflecting on the game script as it's playing out, and I said, man, this, this feels like Dolphins chargers without the points, if that makes sense, where there's the, these ebbs and flows in the game, uh, kind of punch-counterpunch. It, it was tightly contested all the way through. And uh, the Dolphins managed to buck the narrative around this football team. They managed to secure another win and, and just an outstanding effort uh, from a lot of individual players. From here, you look beyond ju what just happened at Hard Rock Stadium. And if you were there, good for you. I'm jealous. I went to a night game at Hard Rock Stadium and <laughs> Watch the team blow 14-point lead on primetime TV. Um, Jacksonville losing today 30-12 to to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You have the Colts, the Indianapolis Colts, dropping to Atlanta. You have Tennessee losing in the AFC. You have uh, Cleveland smashing the Houston Texans. You have the Bills eking out the win that they secured. Uh, you have Cincinnati dropping to eight and seven. You have Pittsburgh in the same game yesterday going to eight and seven. Uh, there, there's a lot of stress and a lot of pressure for those teams kind of bottled up for Miami to now just shift focus on having two knockout opportunities. And if all does not go well, I think worst case scenario, you're playing the four seed. Because, yeah, uh, Cleveland moved in on Sunday to a record of, of 10 and five. So they're a game behind Miami, but the Browns that down the stretch, they're going to have to play the bank at Cincinnati week 18, I think is a game where I, I would probably lean right now into Cincinnati unless Jake Browning turned into the total pumpkin that he is. They also have the Jets. Browns have won three in a row. That's kind of the wild card sleeper uh, that that could potentially, depending on tiebreakers, push Miami if the Browns run the table that could without tiebreakers push Miami to the sixth seed. So just kind of taking a, a second to acknowledge the playoff clinch. I think what this definitely, that this definitely locks you into not the seven seed. So you're not going to have to go to the two. If you lose the last two games, ideally you win one of, or both of the next two games, ideally you win both of the next two games. You're the one seed in the AFC. You get a first round buy, and then you get a home game in the divisional round. What a time to be alive that would be. It starts against Baltimore this week. Now, Miami got some guys dinged up. Jalen Waddle dinged up. Raheem Mostert dinged up. These are guys that already uh, at several stages of this season uh, were working through injuries. You, you did this victory against Dallas without the entire right side effect, well, without four starters on your offensive line if you want to work it technically. Austin Jackson dressed, did not play. Kendall Lamb was the right tackle. And man, it, it you know, it looked early like that Dallas was really going to be able to get after him. When they had Miami backed up in inside their own five yard line after the fumble, they they hit two a, a couple of times. Micah Parsons got popped with a questionable roughing the passer. Uh, there will be no tears falling for Micah Parsons, however, because Christian Wilkins got popped with an absolutely bogus roughing the passer when Dak was throwing from his own end zone too. 
Would you have liked to have seen Miami hawk the football a little bit more? Yeah, I think so. But the pressure, I think, took away some of the opportunities and tight window throws for Miami to create interceptions because Dak was throwing in general vicinity without getting it into the lap of the players. So you you take that as it is and you move on. Um, over the moon. Over the moon thrilled that this Dolphins team came out, gave everybody a little bit of a jolt coming into uh, the holidays before their game against Baltimore at Baltimore. And then of course their home finale in the regular season against Buffalo. Uh, hopefully you can go into that game without it being a clinching scenario, be that you, know, you take care of your own business, which would really set Miami up for a lot of success or otherwise. But what I do know is that the dolphins for the 11th time this season, or staying in Club Dub. They will be in Club Dub for the holidays. So will you. Kick your feet up. Get yourself comfy. Make yourself at home. Drinks are in the back. Pour yourself some eggnog. Smoke them if you got them. How about them Dolphins, baby? Playoff bound, 11-4, beating the Dallas Cowboys by a final score of 22-20. to We will be grinding the tape in the days ahead. Maybe a little tomorrow or I guess technically today, if you're listening on Monday, uh, maybe we'll get a little tape grinding session in who knows. But uh, what I do know is that I'm looking forward to giving you all of my thoughts out of this game in the build up to Baltimore and the rest of the way. Keep it locked in right here on locked on dolphins. It is your team every day. I'm Kyle Krabs. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm out of here. Peace. <laughs>